The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to the bottom six minutes. My name is Jared Book. I am not Matt Drake. But if you are a regular listener to the bottom six minutes, I'm going to let you feel a little bit at home here to start things off. The referees were awful and everyone should be fired. I feel like Matt would be proud of that. And uh, I, I think that that's... A little bit of the tone that he has in these. I'm not going to be the same as Matt. I don't think anybody can. And I see that as a big compliment to what he does on a game-by-game basis here uh, at Eyes on the Prize. But let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens' loss to the Winnipeg Jets 4-2 in what was really... The well, not really. It was the only game, only NHL game on the schedule on Monday. And listen, if this was in October or November or December, or if the Canadians were in any kind of race besides the race for last in the entire NHL. This would be a really frustrating game to lose just because it was relatively even. The Canadians were out outshot. They were outchanced a little bit by Winnipeg, who are basically fighting for their playoff lives at this point. But Samuel Montembeau played very well for the Canadians. And what, what I, you know, I mean... It's a game that could have gone either way. A tie game with, what, 10 minutes left in in the third period. And the Jets got a goal and then got an empty net goal and ended up being 4-2. Regulation loss for the Montreal Canadiens. But, yeah, I mean, it, if, if this game mattered in any kind of way, it'd be a, one of those frustrating losses where, you know, you'd pinpoint a certain play here, a certain point there. Uh, that the Canadians could have done better, could have you know come away with a victory or at least force overtime. But let's be honest, that there's there's probably more people who are happy that the Canadians did not come away with any points in this game instead of people who would want them to win. And, and I'm not saying I'm not I'm not necessarily on on team tank at all costs, and they shouldn't even be trying to win games. But at a certain point, the losses don't hurt <laughs> as much, basically, because 
they are good for the draft position. You know, they win. The Montreal Canadiens win on Monday night. They pass Seattle in the standings. And, you know, there's still nine games left to go. Today was game 73. So it is what it is. You know, they're a point behind Seattle. They're two points ahead of Arizona. They're five points behind New Jersey. They're going to finish 30th, 31st, 32nd. Which means that they have one of the three best odds to come away with the first overall pick. They won't pick lower than fifth. That's not bad. And then it comes out to the lottery. Whether you finish 32nd, 31st, 30th, there's no guarantee there. It all comes down to the lottery regardless. And and let's be honest here. There's no Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews at the top of this draft board. So if you happen to drop out of the first overall pick, you know, Shane Wright's the top player in this draft. There's a lot of people who don't like him, mostly because he's not that generational talent. But, yeah. I, I, I You know, they're going to get a good pick. They're going to pick in the top five. And everyone will come away, hopefully, relatively happy from this July's draft. But back to back to the game. Really, the, I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about coming into this, Jesse Ullinen, and and how his usage was kind of weird since being called up when the injuries started racking up, and and Jonathan Drouin was hurt and out for the year, and then Brendan Gallagher was hurt. Uh, you know. People miss games, and, and and it felt weird that he wasn't getting more ice time. You know, his first two games after being called up, he played seven thirty five, got an assist in that game. Played seven forty nine the next night, next game, got an assist in that game. Then he went up to ten thirty one, then he went back down to nine forty, got a goal in that game, and then he started getting you know eleven fifty, twelve forty eight, and then against Winnipeg, 11-23. And after the game on Monday, he was sent back to the Laval Rocket, where he will play for them on Wednesday when they play in Rochester. And that's fine. If you're not going to play him with on, on a top line, you know, he did get some power play minutes here and there as well. If you're not going to play him in that kind of role, then you're better off sending him down. They're not, they're not missing any bodies. You know, they have Laurent Dauphin, they have Tyler Pitlick, Michael Pizzetta. You know, there, there are players in the lineup. Uh, you know, Ryan Paling is back now as well. There, there's players in the, in the lineup where you don't need Jesse Ullinen necessarily in the lineup. I would have liked to see him get a better chance in the NHL, but hey, let him go back to Laval. Let him finish the season there. Let him play in the playoffs there. Because the Laval Rocket, I think, will make the playoffs. They're still, they're not clinched yet. But I, I, you know, barring a insane collapse, and they won on Monday night as well against Belleville in Belleville, the first time they beat Belleville this season. I, I, I don't. I think they're going to make the playoffs. You know, 
if they if they end up missing it, you can come at me on Twitter. I can take it, but I'm pretty sure they'll get in. Let him go there, and and let him get back into the group, and and finish the season, get ready for the playoffs. Play, you know, upwards of 20 minutes a game, which is what he needs to do. So I I I I'm, I was gonna talk about that, but obviously he got sent down. So at least they there was some understanding that hey, listen, you know, let him, let you know, he's not a fourth line player. Let's put it that way. The Canadians opened the scoring in this game, on on a great rush by Christian Dvorak, got the shot off. Connor Hellebuck tried to kind of make a a hot dog save, and the puck didn't follow into his glove, fell in front. Yoel Armia ended up backhanding it in. And listen, there's been a lot of criticism about Christian Dvorak and Yoel Armia this season. Some of it warranted, especially when it comes to Armia. Christian Dvorak, listen, he's been playing really good lately. But... I don't even think he was playing that badly under Dominic Ducharme before he got injured. I, I think the problem was the expectation, and, and this is something that goes with a certain Jonathan Drouin as well, the expectation coming in was that he was going to be, you know, Philip Deneau and Jasperi Kotkaniemi all in one. And that's what he was asked to do. And then you wonder why he fails. Well, it's pretty obvious. He fails because, first of all, Philip Deneau was criminally underrated for his entire time in Montreal, and you see what he's doing in Los Angeles right now. But second of all, he's not only replacing Deneau, but then he's seen as the Kotkaniemi replacement as well. And then he's given, what, to start the year, Josh Anderson and Mike Hoffman is that a defensive line? Are 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 you, are you gonna shut team shut guys down with that line? No. So is it an offensive line? You would think so. But Dvorak was brought in to take defensive zone faceoffs. He was brought in to to take those those hard minutes away from Nick Suzuki, and you know Jake Evans was was slated to take some as well to start the season. I just don't think that he was put in a position to succeed. He was put in a position to fail because he's not Philip Deneau. And I would say, yes, he's an upgrade on Jesperi Kotkaniemi, but he's not, he can't be two people at once. He can't be your shutdown guy and be your your secondary scoring option. It's just not going to work out that way. And I think that now that, you know, Nick Suzuki is obviously playing better, there's a more defined role with what he needs to be under Martin Saint-Louis. And what you're seeing is a better player. Now, when this team is ready to contend, is Christian Dvorak going to be your number two center? Is he good enough to be a number two center on a contender? 
Probably not. But at his salary, what he's being paid, and what you have committed to Jake Evans, those can be your third and fourth centers, and you can get a second center. Maybe it's a Shane Wright. Maybe it's, I don't know, Patrice Bergeron, let's say. Nazem Kadri. A guy who can play those those top six minutes. Then suddenly your center depth doesn't look so bad, does it? And I just think that Christian Dvorak was, was miscast as this savior because that's what Mark Bergevin needed at the time, was a savior. He needed to save face on Jesperi Kotkaniemi, basically took the pick that he got for Kotkaniemi, turned it into Dvorak. But then he also had to replace Philip Deneau. Not exactly the best situation. And I'm happy he's playing better. He's going to go into the season next year as the team's number two or number three center. Unless they trade him, but I don't think they will. If somebody wants to trade a first round pick to get him back, sounds good. The Canadians will take that. I don't think they're going to sell low on him though. And yeah, I'm happy he's playing well. I'm happy he's playing well. He's going to go into next season with a little bit more confidence. The team will know what there is in him. It's 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 a good situation all around. What I what I think, you know, this team needs improvement. The Montreal Canadiens are not, you know, they're playing well. They're competing. That's all good and fine. They're still 31st place in a 32-team league. There's a lot of work to do. And yes, they're much better relatively relative to the league since the coaching change. But let's face it, there's a lot to do here. And there will be changes in the offseason. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. But there, there's a good base. There's a solid base here. I want to talk also about Samuel Montembeau. And listen, he had a really bad stretch in January. And into February as well. It just, he, he was pro, he, he was definitely not 100%. He was playing in front of a team that looked absolutely lost. That had no idea what to do in a defensive zone. He couldn't even get a night off because Caden Primo was was getting pulled at times. You know, Jake Allen went down. He was hurt. They had to bring in Andrew Hammond. And ever since they did that, Montalbo's game has been better. And a lot of that, yes, the, the, the defensive structure has been better relatively under St. Louis. But Montalbo has gotten it back together. And, you know, he's he's inconsistent. But in, in a perfect world, he'd be the team's third goaltender. He's been asked to be the number one goaltender for a lot, a lot longer than anybody would have expected. He made 31 saves in the, the loss, um, allowed three goals on 34 shots. There was the empty net goal, like I mentioned earlier. Listen. You know, I saw people saying, you know, up until a couple, you know, even last game against Toronto, 
Why is Allen playing? He's getting too many points. Play Montembeau, he'll lose games. Well, they played Montembeau on Monday. He almost stole a game, or at least a point, for the Canadians. And good for him. I'm happy to see him rebound. He deserves it. He probably deserved a little bit better fate on Monday. Probably didn't deserve to lose 4-2. But it's still a team that is not very good in front of him. But at least he's he's feeling better about his game going into the offseason. You know, nine games to go. He'll probably get the majority of those. I, I don't think Jake Allen is going to come back this season. Caden Primo might get a couple of games. Carey Price might get a game or a few games. But I would say the majority of games going forward will be Samuel Montembeau. And he has a chance to change the narrative of a season going into the offseason, which is which is good as well. We'll wrap it up there. Montreal Canadiens play Wednesday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Matt will be off this week. He'll be back on Saturday after Saturday's game. Might have another bottom six minutes with me. I believe Patrick Bexel will wake up really early in Sweden to take one or stay up late. I'm not sure what he's going to do, but he might take one this week as well. Thank you for listening. Check out all the podcasts, subscribe, check out HabsEyesOnThePrize.com if you haven't already, if you don't. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time after Wednesday's game.